You are tuning in to the Seed Chat with Tristan, a Christian community designed for the youth, by the youth. Join us in discussing the truths and debunking the myths. Let's grow closer to Christ together. Welcome, my brothers and sisters. It is your host, Tristan Guillaume, and you are tuning in to the Sea Chat with Tristan. Thank you so much for joining us in this new year for 2022. It means a lot to have you guys' beautiful ears, to have you guys participating and just being part of this community. I hope we can all grow together spiritually, help grow each other, and support each other emotionally. I'm just so thankful and so looking forward to this year. I have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great topics I'll love to discuss with you guys. And I hope we can continue this, this great thing that we have going on. So thank you so much. If you are new here, um, you can actually listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the website, See Chat with Tristan. As always, don't forget to share and subscribe. And without further ado, we are going to get into the message for today. So when I was taking a message for today, I was going to do a New Year's resolution message and talk about like how what we should focus on, what we should do. Um, but I feel like that was kind of replayed, kind of heard before. I mean, if you haven't heard it before, or if you haven't heard it yet, just go to your local church. You'll probably hear it this weekend. And I felt like I wanted to reach up that was like Gen Z Pacific, and that was something that we could really use at this moment, really lead us off in the right year, on the right foot. And the message actually comes from Matthew 9, 35 to 38. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. I love this message for many reasons. Obviously, because the Lord put this on my heart and he showed this to me and he wanted me to share this with you guys. But also because I think this message is so timeless and yet very specific to our generation. And I know that's like kind of a contradiction. But I mean, now more than ever, I think we feel as if we Christians are of a little and everyone else the world is the many. Actually, a recent study came out and said only 4% of high school students know God. And I'm not saying this to try to make you feel anxious or make you feel helpless, but actually make us be aware and make us awake. We have all been blessed to know the Lord at such a young age, to know God before we go into college, to know God before we have a, a true heartbreak, to know God before we have our own family and we have to figure out how to raise our own kids. Yes, in our journey with God and in our faith, we may feel tired, sometimes exhausted, alone, and sometimes even sick. But at the end of the day, we know that what we gain from God, the joy, the love, the peace, is far greater than we can ever achieve on our own, and is far greater than what we had. With social media, and honestly, just like the disconnectedness of our society, it is easy for someone to pretend that they are happy, and that their life is perfect, and that they are never sad. The devil uses that to create doubt in our hearts about what we believe, and that others don't need to know Jesus but can find their happiness in their own way. But Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he who wants to know the Father must come through him. I said this before, happiness and holiness are not separate. The world tries to teach that they are separate, but they are not. When you're holy, you are happy. When you are happy, you are holy. Many people in this world want to be truly happy, but they don't know how to be holy. That is why we need to go out and share God's word, live out his message, collect the harvest. Matthew 9:36 there is two hidden gems that can only be seen and understood through the Greek lens and through the Greek language. And I'm not saying I understand Greek. I'm not saying I'm a Greek philosopher, but I actually have a couple apps on my phone that help me just understand the words more and learn more about God and more about his message in the original language. And I'm going to reread the line to you real quick and then I'll show you the words. 
It goes, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The first gem in this passage is the word harassed. It is actually the Greek word skolos, which is used to describe the pecky nature of fish when they're devouring their prey or when they're eating and trying to kill their prey. Sort of like a, a short jab at the side or at the head, constantly and constantly until the animal or the prey is dead. The other word he uses, helpless, is kofas, and that deals with perception. And what he's saying is that these people are being attacked, but they are unable to see where it's coming from. They couldn't see what was going on in the spiritual realm. So Jesus is looking at these people in this field, and he sees them just being attacked, pecked at, bothered, defeated, and they don't even know where it's coming from. They're completely helpless against it. Many of us know that everything physical is spiritual. And that helps us when we go through our daily battles to know that we can give it to God and we can find a spiritual answer for a physical problem. But many of our friends and family without God don't know the comfort that comes from Him. They don't know the strength of the Lord when they're on their last breath. They don't understand the peace in the future knowing that it is not all you, but that God is working on it as well. But instead, they are filled with anxiety, fear, and a sense of helplessness. They don't know the relief of handing God all their troubles. You see, there's so much potential in the world, but sometimes we, the church, aren't working in the harvest. Many times us, the next generation, think that it is not our job and that the older people will take care of it. And that's actually why I don't like that phrase, next generation. I think, like I said, it, it creates this false sense of complacency where we're in the backseat and when it is our time, we'll just know and we'll hop out and we'll be ready to go. We'll be ready to swing at the base and hit a home run. I believe we should use the word new generation. We, the new generation, have to be part of the process. We have to be actively involved in harvesting. Adults in politics have convinced us that we have little knowledge and influence, but that is simply not true. The disciples, many scholars believe, were teenagers. Why did Jesus use teenagers to change the world, to be his closest friends? Young people are ready and active to make a change and ready to move. Yes, partly because they don't have something angering them down, but they're ready for a change. They want to be part of something bigger, just like us. They aren't fixed on the ways of the past. They aren't fixed on what used to be, but are looking for better ways to improve it. If Jesus might have taken some of the older Jewish men, they might have been too fixed on what they've been told the Messiah might look like, what they've been told the Messiah would be, that they wouldn't be able to understand and see his kingdom and see the kingdom of God, put their politics aside and put their faith in Jesus because of what they've been told for all their life. Jesus knew that he had young minds who were able to understand and adapt and look at their faith in a whole new perspective. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was young. Scholars also believe she was a teenager. I mean, if any of you girl listeners were to have a baby at the age Mary did, you would be frightened and probably even disowned. But history is just filled with proactive young people seeking out to create a change. Alexander the Great, the Little Rock Nine, and so much more. If we aren't practicing harvesting now, when we get older, when it's our quote-unquote turn to harvest, we won't know how to do it. So I want to know, where is your circle of influence? Who can you reach? Is it your friend group? Is it your classmates? Is it your hundreds of people who view your Snapchat story or your thousand of Instagram followers? Probably right now, more than ever in any point in history, do we young people have a greater reach. There are two great ways we can harvest. And the first way, I believe, is to bring Jesus into more conversations. I get it. It can be intimidating to talk about our faith 
but the more we talk about it, the less it becomes. Now, what this doesn't mean is as soon as someone brings up something slightly faith-related, be like, oh my gosh, I love Jesus. He's my Lord, my Savior in my life. He's done such great things for me. Without him, I'll be nowhere. Yada, 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 yada. While I don't disagree with any of those statements, obviously, because, I mean, I'm the host of this podcast. But that's not the way to reach people. That's not the way to change people's lives. What people want to hear is you talking about Jesus and God as your friend. As a casual person who has great importance in your life and has changed it for the better. We must be unafraid to ask deep questions that challenge people to speak about their faith. Like, what are your thoughts about college? They'll probably respond, you know, honestly, I'm quite anxious. I don't know what college to apply to. I haven't really found one that fits my niche. Also, there's so many colleges. I'm not even sure if I'll be accepted. There's so many top students. I don't have all the grades. I don't have all the requirements, all the testing. You know, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed right now. Just, I just wish it can all be over with. Vanika responded with, yeah, I felt the same way. If I just remembered that God's got me. God's been with me this whole entire time. God will lead me where he wants me to be. And I don't have to worry too much about it because just as much as I'm in control of my future, he's in it and more. He wants so much better and so much greater for me. And at the end of the day, as long as I got God, I'll be where I need to be. Or do you feel like your spiritual life and your physical life are connected or in harmony? And they'll probably respond with, honestly, you know, I haven't really thought of them as connected. I thought as, you know, in this world here, we're physical. And when they die, we go to spiritual. And you'd be like, yeah, you know, honestly, I felt that way myself recently. Where I feel kind of disconnected between my physical and my spiritual life. You know, I'm just not getting enough Bible reading, not getting enough messages. I don't feel as connected as I used to. I don't have that same peace, that same joy, that same love. But I know that once I get that spiritual connection, once I work on that again, uh, I'll be made whole. Or questions like, how are you doing with that loss? Or how do you feel about the future? There are so many more questions to ask. But it's important that after we ask these questions, we must be unafraid to talk about how our faith has brought us through these questions and through these experiences. But the most important thing is for us to be genuine and authentic about our faith and gratitude when we are talking. People who can tell when you're fake from a mile away, they can tell when you aren't genuine. When you're, yeah, my life is great, my life is perfect, you know, there's been no troubles here, ha ha ha, all's great. People don't want that. People want real, sincere people who have been through stuff and who know stuff and who care and yet can somehow still smile through it all. People want to hear your authentic story in Christ and how he has moved through you. I believe the second best way we can participate in the harvest is with an invitation. Many of us are connected in a church community via Wednesdays, youth group, Bible study, um, church, whatever it is, a lot of us are connected. And actually, many of us have been connected because someone has brought us there. But there are so many young Christians who aren't in a community. Many young Christians, like how I used to feel, fear joining a community because of how they perceive us. One-dimensional, generic, goody-tissues, puppets of our parents, conservatives, closed-minded. However, when you bring them to community, when you show them how God is working, when you show them the people God uses, they'll see that we are so much more. We come in all different shapes and sizes, so many different thoughts, so many different perceptions, so many different backgrounds. And they'll begin to see that this community is for them, regardless of where they think they're at, regardless of what they feel on the outside or what they look like. A simple invitation to your church or to hang out with Christian friends can empower them to seek more of God. I believe community is the strongest tool for longevity in our faith. And we have to lead others to it. I try to do the same thing with this podcast. Different people who are pursuing God, different people, different perceptions, different viewpoints, all of it, to show you that we are so much greater than we are and we have so much 
alike and yet are so powerfully and uniquely different. And there's power in that. There's power in seeing other young people like yourself pursuing God, other young people who are unafraid to speak their mind on important issues about God. We need to bounce off difficult questions in a safe place where we can be confident in a response. Look, I can try my best to answer questions, but I will never reach all and certainly not fast enough. People need a place where they can get answers to urgent questions that are on their mind that are causing them to have troubled hearts. Brothers and sisters, this world is waiting to be harvested and we are called to be part of it. God is a compassionate God who wants to help and heal the people of the world. Just like how Jesus came down to earth to save, we must continue by going out of our comfort zone to share. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new year. We thank you for what you're going to do in us, Lord. We thank you for the spiritual growth you have given us to this point. And we thank you for how much farther you want to take us, Lord. Lord, we pray that you empower us to be part of the harvest. We pray that you empower us to move according to your word, to move according to your will. Lord, this year may we be filled with passion, action, and hope for a world, Lord, where all can raise your name in glory and with love. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sea Chat with Tristan. I hope you're able to receive what was spoken today and that God can continue to strengthen you in your journey. If you were touched by today's episode or believe it could have benefited a friend, please share on any social platform. Don't be afraid to reach out to us regarding any questions at Tristan Guillaume on Instagram or email at TristanGuillaume16 at Yahoo.com. Hope to see you next time and have a blessed week.